It has been 80 days since October 7th, since this war started in Israel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well over 100 hostages are there, potentially underground, for the last 80 days. Um, you had the opportunity, Abba, to be in Israel and go to Kibbutz Ari and Aza. It's very, uh, very, very tough, very tough situation. Very, very taxing uh, experience. Um, I, I think as some of our listeners and you know, some of my people, on, especially on my uh, my status and my other uh, platforms that I utilize myself, uh, I posted a walk through uh, so the destruction. It defies uh, it defies description, and um, you know we were there with um, your cousin, my nephew um, Simcha uh, Graineman, who was, uh, was a businessman, but uh, who closed his business to give his time to Zaka over the last uh, few months. And um, I've seen about the other places, but uh, Kfar Aza, I, I don't think it's ever going to be restored. Uh, I think it's going to remain as a memorial. Uh, as a remembrance for what happened on October 7th, uh, 2023. Um, and uh, as you can see, a lot of uh, high-profile personalities, uh, diplomats, congressmen, senators, you know, even people from uh, Hollywood, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, just comes to mind, and others are, are going there to absorb uh, the experience of what... Uh, the, of the 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 uh, the barbarity uh, that that took place there, the the ruthless the ruthless extreme uh, violence uh, that took place that resulted in in so many people dying. I also yeah. went I went to a car pound. Do you believe it or not? You ever go to a, a junkyard with no. old old cars? Except these cars were going through exhaustively by volunteers from Zaka trying to find blood and um, and tissue from human beings so that they could be appropriately uh, and completely uh, and completely buried. Like you said, the war goes on. You said, what, 80 days, you said? Yeah. I, I did see something this morning, or yesterday, in fact, that I wonder what you think about this, that Egypt proposed a peace deal to end the war. Um, yeah. I, think it, I think it would result in the... Saudi Arabia, the UAE, sort of putting together a government to rule there, with Hamas getting some positions in the government. Um, well, what, from what you... I read, from what I read, I think it calls for Hamas and the Fatah, or whoever else is involved, Hezbollah, Hamas, whoever the players are, uh, to forego any sovereignty uh, over over Gaza. What I don't understand, Nafi, is. Um, there's no industry in Gaza. The only thing that they do is take in money from places like uh, Qatar or Qatar or from Saudi Arabia or United Arab Emirates or Iran um, or, you know, in a, in a circuitous way from the United States. Um, they have no industry. Um, all, they do is, all they do is take money and build, uh, build war machines. So you're saying uh, what's you, what like what's in the like why would this happen? Why would the UAE want to do this? No, who's who's giving that? Who's giving them a choice? Who's giving Hamas and uh, and I think it's Palestinian. What's it called Palestine? Uh, Palestinian Authority. I know it's called the um, Islamic Jihad. Islamic Jihad. Pij. Pij. Uh, okay. Islam, who who gives them the authority to um, make a decision 
You know, you have you have powerhouses like uh, like Qatar and and Saudi Arabia. They should be making decisions. They should be making decisions. Isn't isn't Qatar the one that's that's been hiding Hawa Sinwar for for a very long time during this war? They should be the one making decisions. Well, listen, they, the the Arab world has um, come a long way over the last uh, over the last twenty years. Uh, you know, from twenty years, much more than twenty years ago, from nineteen sixty-seven, when they dreamed about uh, destroying, wiping out Israel. You know. Uh, we wouldn't have the old city of Jerusalem. As you know, I was in Israel last week, besides going to Karaza. I walked through the old city. I went to Davin by the Kotel a couple of times. We wouldn't have had those properties. We wouldn't have had that land. That was that was Jordan up until 1967. And, you know, Egypt Egypt and Syria attacked uh, Israel. And Israel, I remember as a little kid, was destroying both the Syrian and the Egyptian army but Gamal Abdel Nasser, who was the president of Egypt at the time, told King Hussein of Jordan, come into the war, we're beating them, we're winning, we're going to destroy them. So he came into the war, and he also got pulverized. As a result of that, Israel was able to take over uh, the old city and, and uh, unify uh, Jerusalem. It's a lot of problems, though. You know, diplomatically, things have advanced uh, in all kinds of different directions. I think... How much- how much longer do you think Israel can uh, operate without the world coming down on them more than they already have? Listen, you know what? It's uh, I, I think I said it by the last uh, or some other program or by last program with you. Um, the 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 anti-Semitism and the anti-Zionism is like you know it, it's like when you let too much toothpaste out of a tube and you try to get some of it back, it can't go back in. It's out. Uh, okay. It's out. So I read over the weekend. I read over the weekend. Someone said so. That was written in the Wall Street Journal. Um, anti-Zionism is uh, much more um, costly and extreme than anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism, you know, if you want to kill Jews, if you murder, you know, ten, twenty, if you if you shoot up a, sh- a synagogue in Pittsburgh, you know, uh, you're an anti-Semite. But if you want to be an anti-Zionist, you got to wipe out nine million people. In, in the state of Israel. So anti-Zionism is uh, a much more uh, extreme and severe uh, thing than, um, than, um, uh, than anti-Semitism. So we, let, let's, let's talk about what we've been doing the last the 10. I don't think we've been on since the war started, right? Have we? Maybe we once? definitely have been on since the war started. Okay, um, but, you know, I, when I go on Spotify, I see a link to the Daily Thread, and I just say, gee, I wonder what's on there. And I uh, and I pop it well, up, and I see and I see what's on there. Well, but, I think um, it's safe to say that uh, none of us thought that when this started, that 80 days would go by, and there'd still be hostages sitting there in Gaza. Like, it's a, it's a crazy thing. I, I for one, thought, um, oh, like, they're going to somehow get to them sooner rather than later and it's been 80 days where you have over a hundred hostages and the thing and- is you, know, you see the difference between let me difference between on that on that subject by the way the difference between the six-day war and the Kippur war which was uh what six years apart from one another uh the Kippur war the arab world celebrates as a victory yeah the six-day war uh israel was victorious in six days that's why it's called the six-day war obviously but the Yom Kippur War took a full three weeks for Israel to surround the Egyptian army and uh, 
Henry Kissinger had to negotiate uh, uh, an agreement to let the Egyptians out. They're ready to choke off, uh, but but it's a big it's a big victory in Egypt even to this day because it took them three weeks. It took Israel three weeks to yeah, beat but them. This is, but this is taking already four months. I know it's uh, when you think about the Israeli, uh, you know, air force with the F thirty fives and the stealth bombers and the advanced and, and the hundreds of tanks and the uh, and uh, the other uh, sophisticated military equipment. And uh, you think of the the uh, Hamas with the pickup trucks and the the hang gliders um, and uh, whatever other military equipment that have smuggled in, obviously. They have, and they're still shooting rockets 80 days later. So, what is, so, so really, like, what is going on? Like, why Israel definitely has the might and the power to take care of this and to do it rather quickly. Um, there's still terror activity that's happening inside Gaza. Is it because they're trying to limit civilian casualties on, on the Arab end? So they're going, you know, door to door and trying to do things that well, way that this hasn't been done yet? They're very sensitive to their uh, global image. You know, and but the global um, image already is so bad. Why do they care further? Like the the global image of Israel is terrible. Let's be real. Um, and and those who I mean, to those who think it's terrible, it's not terrible to me. But to those who they care what they think, they already think it's bad, right? You have riots, you have protests, you have the social media war. They're never gonna win that. Why even pay attention to it? Do what you need to do yeah. for your people. Yeah, you know, there's there's uh, many levels. It's an interesting observation, but many levels of. Uh, uh, of problems, uh, you know Benjamin Netanyahu, after being the longest-running prime minister of Israel, never thought that at the age of 74, towards the end of his political career, this is what he was going to be known for: for yeah. flattening, for pulverizing uh, Gaza. And um, I, you can't believe what the um, what the Hamas says about how many people died, but plenty of terrorists and. Plenty of collateral damage in the in the in the thousands of lives, but this is what it's going to be known for. And the same thing happened to Ariel Sharon, who was a great warrior and a hero of the of the Yom Kippur War. But he was well, known for something he that was known. we could thank him for what's going on right now. Because had he not given Gush Katif and expelled thousands of Jews out of Gush Katif, there wouldn't be this launch pad in Gaza right now. Yeah, listen, there's uh, there's plenty of blame to go along. Why 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 did Israel tolerate even one rocket being fired from Gaza? What would they tolerate thousands of rockets being fired from Gaza into parts of Israel over the last uh, 17 years? Listen, you know, it's, why... easy, it's, easy, it's easy for us or it's easier for us to you know, be in America and talk about what we think Israel should do. I, I did speak to someone who lives in Israel and, and there are, you know, they had mentioned like previously they always felt like um, when they lived in America that Israel should carpet bomb them, get it over with, move on. But the fact is, living in Israel right now is very scary. There are rockets flying over their heads. There's there's soldiers dying every single day, and it's not it's it's who wants to live in a time of war? Um, and that's on that's on one hand. On the other hand, they do recognize, and this is again what Rabbi Manas Subin had said in, in an episode I recorded with him. Look at World War One and look at World War Two. He believes that there's no such thing as World War Two. It's World War One A and World War World War One B. You fought you fought with the same enemy ten years later. That's what happened. The World War I never ended. And Israel has to understand if you're not going to finish this right now, it, it's just never going to end. It's going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth constantly. The, the biggest threat to the Arabs there in, in Gaza is one single Jew alive. And they've made it very clear that they are, they are willing and they want to kill every single Jew. You can't well, live with uh, like that. Nothing, that's, that's what Netanyahu was saying. 
Let's see. Well, let's see, let's see if you can put it into practice. Uh, I want you to know. Uh, last week, as you know, I was in Israel, and it's very important to go if you have uh, the motivation uh, to go uh, to uh, give tizik to the uh, the people of Israel. Uh, amongst other things, besides being there and just patronizing the businesses, uh, we sponsored a uh, a barbecue on Hanukkah uh, on the sixth day of Hanukkah. For a uh, for a military base, and um, these guys are they're very 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 special guys. They set aside their lives. They uh, come out. Uh, they come out, and we prepared good food for them. We had a chef <laughs> that prepared uh, uh, potato latkes with uh, pulled beef and and duck inside and steaks. Somehow and it always goes. Uh, somehow it always goes back to food here. Yeah, listen, the the troops are hungry. You know, they get a little time off and they have to eat. The army doesn't yeah. feed them the way we could feed them, uh, and they came and uh, believe it or not, we had a we had a, a DJ and there was music and they were jumping around, they were having a good time, and they were celebrating Hanukkah on their few days off. Before you know, they, you have, they're jumping around with uh, with 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 I don't know tens of pounds of equipment on their back, and a uh, and a and a submachine gun hanging from them too, but they wanna they wanna be able to uh, to. To, to celebrate and uh, and Baruch Hashem, yeah. we were able to facilitate uh, uh, that process. You had a very bother, you, you know, you know what bothers me bothers me what to bothers no end. What what's that? What bothers me to no end, and this is just me because I love sports and I and I and I you know. Someone tweeted uh, the other day: Indigenous people don't bomb and destroy their land. They don't destroy the trees that are ancient to the land. Colonial set uh, colonial settlers do. Never forget that. And uh, who retweeted that? And who gave his thumbs up to that? And who approved that? Oh. So, someone with almost 5 million followers on Twitter. Kyrie Irving. Guy plays for a Jewish owner in the Dallas Mavericks. Unimportant. Uh, you know what? You think it's important? I don't think what Kyrie... We had this conversation with him before. I think it should be... I think, I think again, like, it's... Well, what like, Kyrie why Irving, is that, that? Why is that not looked at as, as like, pure... Anti-Semitism in the NBA should just like say goodbye, like go play for Gazan basketball. Okay. You don't, well, don't tolerate that. Well, please, what what Kyrie Irving or LeBron James think about anything? If if you were trying to measure it on the Richter scale in terms of earthquakes, it would be a zero point zero. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. What these what what these doesn't mean anything. Who who knows five million people that are following Kyrie Irving? Are you following Kyrie Irving? I'm not. I don't. They're, but they're. Well, I can tell you who they are. They are young. Well, who's following them? They are young. They are young fans of basketball in America who know very little about this conflict, but will take what Kyrie Irving, who they idolized and who they love to see play sports, they will take what he says, and that's why the NBA can't happen to be part of their league because he is a bad influence. That's not going to. Um, that's not going to happen. But he, but, but he knows. But he knows how to shoot the basketball. So why don't you just shut up and dribble and shoot the ball? You know. And, yeah, uh, but like that's and and and, and forget it. You know. It, we, it's like these kids out in the street screaming about the free Palestine. You saw the video about a guy who went into the supermarket. He wanted to know. He didn't know what Palestine was. He asked the supermarket manager, "Is there any free Palestine here? I'm looking for something for free." Is it what is Palestine? Is, it, is Palestine a cheese? Is there a detergent? I hear they're giving out free Palestine. I want to have some. So yeah. these people, these people are jumping around and protesting, tearing down posters. Listen, there's a huge tragedy of the uh, for the people that are that are that are being held. You did a great uh, interview Saturday night with uh, Hirsch uh, Goldberg, Poland's uh, mother. And, um, you know, he's being held there for all these uh, 
all these uh, months already, all these weeks and, and, he's, and he's seriously and he's seriously injured. And you know, it's hard. We like we obviously we're not talking sense about Hamas, right? But what the heck is going on with the Red Cross? This is the this is the reason why you exist. You have Hirsch Goldberg Poland, who's there, who has his arm blown off, and you're the Red Cross. Your entire your entire existence is to take care of these hostages that are being held by other countries to make sure that they're being fed and that they're healthy and that they're well while everything is being negotiated and being worked out and they haven't seen them and instead like the, the, instead, like the red cross or whatever they put out a put out a uh, a statement that flooding the tunnels with seawater is going to ruin the crops in gaza yeah it's funny it's funny if it wasn't so tragic but I read yesterday on the plane on the way down here that uh, her name Nitsana um, Deshan Leiter from the Warfare uh, Lawfare Project. She's suing the Red Cross. Red Cross not doing their job. The Red Cross gets in hundreds They're of millions of dollars. Simply not doing their job. They're simply not doing their job. Simply not they, doing their job. Have, their job was to go ahead and visit the uh, the hospitals. It doesn't matter if uh, you know if if uh, Hamas is not letting them in. You have the uh, you have all these countries that uh, supply them with hundreds of millions of dollars in funding. You have America puts in hundreds of millions of dollars. You have the European Union. You know they they have a responsibility uh, and a price to go in there and force them and force the, uh, them to find out what the 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 status is of the of the hostages. Are they alive or not? Do they have the, the food that they need? Do they have the medications they need? Uh, but then again, you're asking a terrorist organization to follow the the laws of war, and they they're a terrorist organization. They don't. And they're do not. And they, they're not following the laws, and they've never followed the laws. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if 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 Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, want to make sure they want to make peace. Let me tell you, let me ask you something. Hamas is not going to accept that peace deal because they don't they don't accept anything that doesn't have them in full power and full control of of the of the Gaza Strip. So. I don't know. Maybe the UAE, maybe Egypt wants to go in with Israel and start destroying Hamas. Maybe, maybe that will help. Like, they are not going to step down from power. They are terrorists. They're not a government. They're terrorists. Anyways, well, I, think, let me I, I, think, I think I think Gaza, from what I've seen, what I've seen in videos, I wasn't there, but uh, from what I've seen, I think that uh, Gaza has been pretty much flattened, you know? Is Gush Katif going to be coming back? No. No, but I, I read yesterday that Israel's in the midst of setting up a buffer zone between the Israeli border with Gaza of a, a half a mile, for starters. Originally, they wanted a two-mile buffer zone. But you have to understand that the entire Gaza from uh, the Israeli border to the Mediterranean Sea is nine miles wide. So now they temporarily agreed to a half a mile buffer zone. And that's where the border should be. You know, Palestinians who live in Gaza should not be allowed to come up to the border with Israel. And they were protesting and shooting uh, balloons, explosive balloons, over the border for years. And uh, Israel Israel tolerated it. Yeah, no anyway, more. Anyway, what, what are we going to do about it? Is there anything else we can talk about? These days no, here's my question. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of war fatigue that's setting in, in, in America. And, and I, I think that's like, it's natural because this has been going on for 80 days and 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 I, I hate to say it, some people feel life has to move on. We can't just. But, the, but, but on the other hand, like this is something that the Jewish people are dealing with on a very large scale. So life can't go on. How do you how do how do people not get war fatigue? How do people not 
lose sight of that. You know, we, we, we believe that every single Jew is fighting this war. Some people with davening, with learning, some people on the front lines with guns. We can't, we can't, we can't afford to just, you know, get lazy and lay back and say like, listen, this is not so important. Like midwinter break is going to come and people are going to go to Cancun and Panama and all these trips while there's yeah, a war right. going on in Israel. Right. I don't know. To me, it's like a little yeah. bit, like it's hard to swallow that. Well, you know, I think that's why if you want to go somewhere, it's important to to, to go to Israel, uh, give chizik to the people of Israel. Um, you know, I, I, I flew into Israel on El Al, of course, as the only airliner flying into Israel. And I was thinking to myself, why is El Al flying into Israel and the other air, airlines don't want to fly into Israel? Is it dangerous or something? Why do they want to fly in? And so I didn't ask anybody anything. I just... You know, figured the planes are flying five times a day. Let me see. Let me see what happens. And, and you know, Barakashan was a, a nice, uh, a nice long, smooth ride. And we landed at the Ben Gurion Airport, like like always. And the airport was was pretty busy. And I, so I asked somebody later, how come Delta and United and American that usually fly into Israel are not flying in? And they said, not because they don't want to fly in. Their insurance companies are not going are not willing to insure them. So they they uh, they're not flying in. So wow. everybody has to everybody has to fly uh, on El Al until the insurance companies determine either that it's politically proper or that in terms of the risk they provide, uh, you know they don't want to they don't want to have to pay out a, a you know a hundred billion dollar claim uh, if uh, a yeah. missile hits an airplane. Well, uh, listen, good for El Al, <laughs> good for them, well, getting listen, a lot of business. That that. That's Israel. That's Israel Airline, and the planes are uh, are jammed, and and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful trip, and um, the the streets are uh, streets are busy. I gotta tell you, the hotel where I stayed was packed. And um, is it is it like life like you like normal in the old city and by the coast? Like is it like nothing's going on? Is it is it is it toned down at all? Like what's going on? Well, you know, the, the Friday night that we were there, believe it or not, there was a siren in, uh, in Yerushalayim. I know, there was, yeah. And uh, we were, uh, you know, your mother was back in the hotel, and there was a loudspeaker in the hotel. Evacuate! Evacuate immediately! Are you serious? Yeah. That well, must be scary. Do? What do you do when you're in a hotel and uh, the last speaker well, comes on? To hotel where you're supposed to go. Where you're uh, supposed to, to go? The, to, to the shelter. All over the hotel, there's signs where the shelter is. Okay, so what do you guys do? Oh, I was I was downstairs uh, in the shul in the in the hotel, the Waldorf. Uh, we when the shul is on uh, the second floor below ground, called minus yeah. two in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, so there, there we didn't hear anything. I think okay. we were even lower than the shelter. Uh, but uh, Ema stayed in her room. That's all. <laughs> oh, she didn't take it seriously. Mm, listen, I guess I don't know. You freeze, maybe you don't, you don't know what to do. I asked the security guys later. You know where? Because uh, she she heard two booms. She heard the Iron Dome hit the hit the missiles. Uh, yeah. But secu- security guy at the hotel told me later that the the Iron Dome hit the missile over Beit Shemesh. It was about fifteen miles away. But it's so high up in the sky that you could see it and hear it from Yerushalayim. Crazy. Crazy. And then there was, that, that was one. And the second one was blown up over Ramallah, which is also about uh, five, seven miles away from uh, the center of Yerushalayim. So you see, 
They're firing wildly. They don't care the who thing, they like, hurt. They're, fi- they're firing their rockets wildly. You know how many Arabs live in Israel, like in the old city? You know how many Arabs live on the other side over there by by Al-Aqsa? Like, they're, they're threatening to hit their, their most holy site. They have no idea where they're shooting. Listen, if, if, if they hit something, they're going to blame Israel. And it's the true. United Nations... And the other nations of the world are going to uh, are going to agree with them. So, uh, you know, if we do this again this week, uh, Daily Thread, yeah. let's come up with let's uh, let's see let's challenge ourselves and see uh, what we can come up with in terms of, you know, down here I'm in Boynton Beach. Uh, um, we only have a few minutes left, but we have uh, some people hung up posters of uh, hostages on their doors and in their windows, and the homeowners association asked them to take it down. Why? You know, because they think it violates the uh, code of whatever the law says, which I still have to research. What is it? But, what does it violate exactly? What? I don't know. It may be political statements, uh, something like uh, along those lines. But Hello, uh, let me ask you know. a question: If someone lost a cat or a dog and they put that sign up, does that violate it also? Well, I I don't know. I have to look into that uh, between now and our, and our next broadcast, but. Uh, people on my block here that that are non-Jews have Christmas decorations up. You know, it's uh, 75 degrees here today, but I, I got a make believe a fake snowman uh, next door to me that uh, that somebody the, the, built. Does Santa there wear like shorts and a t-shirt? Is that a? I, I haven't seen a Santa yet. I have a snowman next door with a carrot for. Oh, I, I think they're I think they're relying on you to be the Santa, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm I'm I want to go out. I want to put up a a flag on, on my garage door. Grab a flag. Um, Hopefully they don't so, take it down. Okay. Listen, you know, tell them to take it down. They tell them to take it down. You know, there's a whole dispute here about whether to get involved, whether to argue with them, whether to dispute it or not. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like all issues that involve Jews. It's a complicated issue. You have right. five hundred. You have five hundred homes in this area where uh, where I'm speaking to you from. I, I think 160 of uh, uh, most of them are from people. I mean, I was in uh, in the Chabad of Boynton Beach with Warren Schultz. It's a German Baruch Hashem, and uh, we don't we don't have to make do we have to make political statements. We're here in the middle of nowhere. Nobody I knows so. we're here. I think I so. Anybody, I don't think anybody knows we're here. Can't forget. <laughs> what kind of political statements do we have to make? I mean, my neighbor. Well, uh, clearly, there are people who want it down, so you have to make the statement to them. You know, no, no. See, but the more complicated thing is that. Uh, the seven people on the board, uh, six of the seven people on the board are Jewish, and, and they're the ones that want that they want it down because they're not uh-huh. they're not observant Jews, uh, so they feel that they they have conflicted about the war, you know, because Israel has an advantage over the Palestinians. Israel has an air force and a navy and ground troops, and the, uh, the Palestinians don't have that. And right. if you listen to, if you listen to what they call the health ministry, which I doubt it really exists, they'll tell you that twenty thousand people uh, were already killed by uh, by Israel. And people who buy into that and, and believe it, you know, they say to themselves, they're very conflicted. Well, well, whose side should we be on? You know, it's, uh, and they're not so sure uh, who who they're siding with. So yeah. it's uh, it's complex issues. Let's uh, let's talk later in the day and come up with some uh, other things. Other things going up going on in the Jewish world. You know, very little, very little. Maybe like a, a tunnel, a tunnel discovered under 770, which we'll talk about maybe tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, what happened if there wasn't a war? There would be nothing to talk about. Again, like things just pale in comparison. It's just not important. Like we're not talking to talk about Mike's chicken on sale in liquid. Like who cares? 
What happened to my Mike's chicken? No, nothing. I'm just making it up. Like nothing, nothing compared. Oh. <laughs> nothing is important. Nothing is as important. Anyways, okay. we'll. Uh... You're right. Okay, we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up next yeah. time.